Doom Doom Bip to you all uh, for Friday. This is the Hoffcast number 70. Let's see, what day is it? It is August 14th. We're halfway through August, guys. We're making it. We're making our way. But uh, school is almost back in session, sort of. Sort of. Our kids are, uh, let's see, is this recording correctly? Kids, yeah, I think so. Uh, our kid is uh, not going back to school, at least not in the physical sense. He is doing online and sort of like a homeschool thing. We're uh, we're gonna give it a week or two with this online thing and see. We talked to the school about uh, like how how stringent are they with attendance because our kid, like last semester uh, when he was in kindergarten, they would do these Zoom. Uh, and the shortest Zoom class possible, like 20 to 30 minutes of Zoom, like twice a week. And he'd be like five minutes into a Zoom thing and he'd just put the iPad down, like face down, just like fold it down. <laughs> so it was just dark on his end. And he'd just walk away and we'd be like, oh, is, is it over? And he's like, yeah, it's over. And then I'd go in there and like flip it up and the teacher's still talking. The class, students are still listening. So our kid, he's not going to listen that way. He's not going to learn that way different people learn different ways i don't think i'd have learned well that way so i understand it's hard for me to get mad at him when i'm like yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't sit there and stare at a teacher who's trying to uh trying to teach me phonics when it's like hey listen lady i know i know what i'm doing over here all right i'll learn i'll learn just uh give it to me in a different way but you got 25 kids that you're trying to spoon feed the same thing you're trying to jam the same square into everybody's, <laughs> I don't want to say hole, <laughs> but it's like, you know, everybody's got a different shaped learning vessel mechanism and you got to jam the same information into each one, but they all absorb them in different ways and our kid's not going to do that. So we talked to the principal, which I, I advise you all to do it. If you're not happy with the uh, system that your school has set up for your students, then I suggest calling because right now is the Wild West. They don't know what they're doing either, okay? I got news for you. These schools that are reopening or not reopening, nobody knows the protocol. Nobody wants to get sued. Make it fit the way you want to. Go at them with a plan. Say, our student learns best in this manner. This is the way we want to do it. And, uh, you know, if it's, if it's no more work for them, they're probably going to accommodate you because they don't want any trouble. They don't know what they're doing. They don't want to screw up your kid. So go at them level-headed with a plan, and I'm guessing they're probably going to do it. That's what we did. We, we went to him. We said, hey, he doesn't learn that well on this online instruction. Can we just take the curriculum and teach him and kind of bounce in and out when we want to do a Zoom? Like, oh, i got to understand this new math or something. We'd jump in and learn a little bit. Other than that, just do the curriculum and he can learn all these other things. So that's the way we kind of handled it. And the principal of his school kind of said, yeah, I mean, like, we're flexible. So uh, I don't know. It's, it's, worth a, it's worth a shot if your kid's not excelling the way you think they are in this, um, whatever the new landscape looks like for you. Uh, maybe, maybe everything's back to normal 
where you live, but um, where we are in Los Angeles, it's not. They're all virtual, and um, and they're trying to make it very structured. Last year, at the end, it was very uh, it had no structure to it, and so different people were doing different things. But now they're trying to get a little more involved, which I understand. But our kid wasn't going to do that, so we're planning a bunch of uh, a bunch of like kind of excursions, field trips, if you will, uh, for this fall. And so it's a good time to do that if you can. Uh, because all my 2020 dates have officially been canceled. I guess maybe not officially, but I mean unofficially, officially canceled. Um, and that's kind of something we knew the whole time. I've been up front with you, uh, looking like it's probably outside of online shows and maybe an outside show here or there that could pop up. But everything I have on the calendar is 99% sure it's moving to 2021 when we have vaccine. And... Um, and I hope everybody takes the vaccine. It's, uh, I mean, I know it's scary, but so was the coronavirus. So I don't know, you know, to get through all this rigorous testing that they're doing. You know, they've had, I think there, I, I read today there were 21 vaccines being developed, uh, going to human trials. So it's already getting plunked into a few people. And, um, you know, just the fact that they've had the concoction now since i believe march so they've had the little recipe for their cocktail since march and they've been testing it in these different phases i mean the fact that they've had that and and they know what's in it and they know what it does to you and they're still going through all these tests and rigorous tests like the fact that they've had that and we're still not going to get it for another nine months makes me feel like they've done their due diligence once it comes out they've done the homework like yeah what does it do to you 20 years from now? I don't know. But we also don't know what the coronavirus does to you 20 years from now. So it's kind of a you, you're gambling either way a little bit. And I, I think I I choose to trust medicine for the most part. You know, if if, if they're jamming something, they're so careful when they come out with medicines. And I know they screw up from time. I, I don't want to advocate either way. <laughs> but I, I probably will get the vaccine just because. I, I need to get back to work, and, and I don't want to have to worry about the coronavirus anymore. Um, let's see. How did I get on that? I didn't want to talk about the coronavirus. I don't. I want this to be a comedy podcast. So I will tell you that, uh, Oh, let's see, this would have been about a week and a half ago now. I'm at my brother-in-law's house and sister-in-law's house um, in South Bend, Indiana. We, we brought over uh, coffee and donuts and... Um, <laughs> and we're sitting there eating them, and and uh, my brother-in-law Austin, he says, um, "Yeah, I went to throw away something in the in the garbage can outside, and I open, I heard this weird noise, and I open it up, and I go to throw, and staring right back at me is a raccoon, <laughs> and he's just pissed. He's making all these noises, hissing at me. And I was like, really? And he goes, Yeah, I gotta I gotta figure out how to get it out of there. But he had a bum foot. Uh, Austin had like broken a toe." the night before so uh he he wasn't re feeling really good about going up there so i was like ah we'll take care of it and i'm thinking you know how hard is it to dump over a trash can and let the critter run out right so we eat our donuts we have our coffee and then and then i'm like you know what i need a little excitement in my life let's let's go check this out let's go get that raccoon out of there so he's like all right so now this is becoming like we go outside and uh, he's got like a fence to the alleyway where his dumpsters sit. 
And they're just these like single uh, large dumpsters that you can, you know, put back on two wheels and roll. And uh, and now everybody's kind of the the ladies are like, oh, let's go watch. And I was like, well, somebody ought to film this because, uh, you know, who knows what could happen. We end up on America's Funniest Home Videos. So we uh, we go outside. Now everybody's around. You know, we got all the kids around, uh, you know, my wife and her two sisters and uh, their husband. And, and everybody's gathered around right by this one little uh, wooden gate leading out into the... Uh, leading out into the alleyway where the trash can is. And I go out there, and I'm like, is this the one? Yeah, yeah that's the one. Okay. So I kind of I kind of hit it with my hand to see if I can see if I can get it to like make a noise. Is he still in there? Cuz I'm thinking, okay, the raccoon the raccoon got in there. Maybe he just lets himself out. Maybe he comes in, eats your leftovers, lets himself out. No harm, no foul. Nobody needs to know you just caught him while he was in the act that he does every single day. So I hit it once. I don't hear anything. And I like kind of start to tip it and all of a sudden I can hear him in there. Okay. All right, something's in there moving around. And so I'm like, okay, I don't want to just dump it over and possibly hurt him when the trash rumbles around in there. So I thought, okay, let me hold the lid shut with one hand and I'll tip it over with the other and that way he can't like he won't get hurt. I can tip it gently. But he won't, won't like come sprawling out of there pissed. And so I bend it over and I lay it down. And I've got a shovel in my hand. I've got a shovel that they give me. They're like, here you go. Do, you know, whatever you need to do. Open the thing. So I, I push my shovel into the lid and, uh, and, and I open it like eight inches. Plenty of room for a raccoon to get out. And then I walk away. I'm like, let me walk away here. And I, I leave, and the, the raccoon's not coming out. He's not, he's not coming out of there. He's got plenty of room to get out. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with this raccoon? Why would he not? Like, he's got to be pissed that I just tipped him over. Like, and he's got to be done. He's been in there for a couple hours now. So he's got to be done eating whatever he wants. Why is he not leaving? And so I take the shovel, and I tap the, uh, I t- poof, I tap the bottom of the trash can. Doof. And I can hear him in there. And he, he's pissed, okay? Understandably so. I just tipped him over, and now I'm whacking the side. <laughs> he doesn't know what's going on. As far as he knows, this is an execution, right? Um, so, But he's not coming out of there. I'm like, okay, maybe he feels weird about coming out the little crack, and he thinks we're going to ambush him or something. So I take the, I take the shovel. And by the way, this is all I, I posted a video of it online, so you could you could go see it. Uh, it's like a minute long video, so the story is way longer, but uh, it's worth telling, I think. And uh, so I take the shovel, and I open up, I swing the swing the door of the of the dumpster over up on itself, and it it comes crashing down like boom, hits the top of the thing. And uh, and now I'm walking away and kind of keeping like I got a little side eye on the front, but I'm walking away, not, not running. Meanwhile, the ladies are yelling, run, run, get away, get away. And I'm walking, I'm walking. I've got the shovel in my hand. And then out of the corner of my eye, I see this little bastard dart out of the, uh, of the little trash can. He darts out, looks, and now I look and he looks and he sees me and he sees Austin at the, at that gate 
and he takes off right at us. Like, you know, 99 times out of 100, you think, okay, this thing's terrified. It's just going to walk away, right? It doesn't want anything to do with us. It just wanted some food. This thing looks at me like, you sack of dog crap. Are you the one that tipped me over? And he just takes off toward us. And I, like, they're like, ah! All the ladies are screaming. The kids are yelling. I, like, take one large step inside the yard, and Austin just slams the gate shut behind me right as this thing was, like, I mean, this thing was, like, one more foot away from being inside the yard just ripping us apart. (laughs) And listen, it was not a big raccoon. Like, I've seen, like, big tabby cat-sized raccoons where they're, you know, probably 20 pounds. This thing was a little scrawny thing, which makes me think maybe it was sick and uh, and maybe had something wrong with it. Because why else would it attack, especially a little guy like that? Why would it come after us and why would it be sitting in that trash can so long and it was coming after us? And listen, I have no doubt, you know, some of you are doubting right now. I have no doubt. I would have ended this thing. I'm holding the freaking metal shovel, okay, you guys? I didn't want to have to do that in front of the women and children, but I would have done it. Uh, But it's still a wild critter. It's still a wild critter. Like, even though you look at it and you think, like, have you ever walked underneath a tree and seen a squirrel up in the tree and the squirrel's kind of looking at you like, all right, I see you there. And you're not afraid of a squirrel, but let's be honest, a squirrel probably, you know, you'd end it but it would take a chunk right and this just one of those situations is not it's not worth losing an eye over okay it's not worth it so (laughs) i want nothing to do with this undersized vermin and uh but we got the door shut just in time and uh and and uh my sister-in-law megan she had the whole thing recorded she had her iphone there and she's <laughs> it's a pretty good video if you want to go on i think i posted on instagram and facebook if you want to go on there and check it out I, I even added a little uh musical score to it my in-laws had a piano and i just played it and played the played a little uh, ominous tones and, and some music in the background to, to heighten the tension of it. And it's only like a minute long. It's definitely worth checking out. It's, it's a pretty funny video. And, uh, but we made it, and the raccoon then uh, wandered off, and I haven't heard if it's been back since. But uh, that, that was the excitement for, uh, for a morning. And, boy, my heart was racing. I didn't need coffee after that. It, uh, I, I was pretty good. I was pretty good for the rest of the day. That'll get the blood flowing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, other than that, I, I played a little bit of golf and, um, and golf can kiss my ass. Uh, many of you already know <laughs> the game of golf can, uh, eat it. And I, I stand by that, uh, statement cause it is so hard. I don't, I used to be good at golf. I used to be good. And, uh, you know, then you go a decade without playing more than once a year and, and I just suck. I'm not, I'm not consistent at all. I'll hit a great shot and then I'll just chunk it horribly. And I played in a golf tournament. It was uh, my dad and I, and a cable guy came into town and played. And um, we had a lot of fun, but I just suck. And it's not one of those things like, 
I, I started getting mad and like trying harder. Like, but it's not one of those things. Like, it's not like weightlifting or, or like basketball or football where a little bit of extra adrenaline and, and oomph can like make a play, you know, hit a guy extra hard coming across the middle or, or run a guy over. You know, it's not one of those sports. It's like, it comes down to a little bit of power and a lot of finesse and and relaxation. So the angrier you get, the worse you play, which makes you in turn angrier, and you just go stumbling down. And and uh, Larry had to look at me and be like, "Hey, man, you're not good enough to be getting so mad. I don't know what what the deal is. Like, just knock it off." And I was like, "All right, all right, but just to let you know, I'll try to not act mad, but I am upset." Because I just suck. And and it takes time to get good. But honestly, who has that kind of time? Who has that kind of time? Like, I don't understand these people with families and jobs that can get that good. Like, Larry has gotten a lot better over the years because he's got that time. Like, he doesn't have to work too much. He's got a family. He spends a ton of time with them. But he, he doesn't have to, you know, work day in, day out like the rest of us. And when I want to play golf, you know, it's like a five, six hour commitment. I can't justify that. I can't justify six hours and probably a hundred dollars in Los Angeles. Like that, not only did I waste time, but I wasted money and I played poorly. Like if you're not going to play a couple times a week, then it's just not worth it to get out there. And it just pisses me off because I used to be good. It's like, it's like, you know, people say it's like riding a bike, but it's not because you if it were like riding a bike, you'd just get on and you'd be good again after like one hole. But you're not. You're like, man, I used to be able to do this, but without the muscle memory and the and the constant, you know, getting out there and chipping and putting and hitting balls is you suck. And I want to be good at golf because it's such a fun game and it's relaxing when <laughs> when it's played correctly. It's relaxing. I don't know if you can hear that. Sarah's vacuuming in the next room. She always <laughs> She always seems to be able to find time to vacuum when I'm doing this right next to me. I think it's her signal to like knock it off. Like we gotta, we're trying to go, we're trying to get moving and and heading back west. I think we're gonna venture back into the belly of the beast here uh, within the next few days, back to Los Angeles and kind of test the water, see what's going on there. But like I said, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be taking some time to go camping and things like that. Try and get the kids out and about if they can't. They can't run around in the city without a mask on, and I guess which which by the way we're happy to do, you know when we need to. But I I I feel bad making my kids wear the mask. So the more we can get them out and about, uh, the happier I think they'll be and happier I'll be. So we'll do that. But it's time to get out of the Midwest. I think um, just just feels like feels like life's on hold when we're here and i know i don't have a lot going on out there you know all the shows have been canceled but there are a few outdoor shows happening there that i could be a part of but in small town midwest there are no outdoor shows so uh i I probably could have made an outdoor show and i was in talks with a place here in nebraska but um i think we're just pushing everything just moving everything and um yeah but but time to move back west uh and so we're looking at things to do with the kids, looking at, you know, because we don't need to be in the city and it's not very expensive to go camping and go out and about. So trying to figure out the best places to take kids. And uh, my boys love camping and the little girl loves it. They love having a fire. They love roasting hot dogs and marshmallows and picking up sticks and walking around, exploring, going fishing. So I think we're going to do a lot of that this fall. 
it's going to be a lot, uh, a lot of that going on in the Hoff household. Um, trying to think of other great places to take kids. You know, we're talking about going to Yellowstone on our way back, and and maybe uh, going looking at uh, Mount Rushmore before they tear that down. <laughs> That'll probably happen. Probably uh, eventually they're going to say, "Hey, we shouldn't have this. This guy, uh, this guy was not the guy we thought he was." All this, all this history revision that we're doing now, and I don't know how anybody knows anything anymore. And that's kind of what George Orwell said was going to happen, right? Like eventually everybody's going to doubt the history books because they're going to have heard a different tale. Like we used to, we used to celebrate Columbus. You know, we had Columbus Day, and we used to learn about him. He sailed the ocean blue in 1492, discovered America, and, and they, you know, they had Thanksgiving with the Indians on Plymouth Rock and all that. And then, you, you know, you grow up thinking, hey, look at that. They, they made friends with Pocahontas, and you had Lewis and Clark, and everybody, you know, learned from each other. And, yeah, there was a little bit of squabble here and there and Custer and all that, but, you know, for the most part, it's pretty, pretty tame. And then... Then you grow up and, and people start saying, ah, Columbus was a prick and he uh, and he brought disease and he and he murdered the Native Americans. You go, well, that's not good. Is that real? And I don't, you know, how does anybody know that was 1492? That was f- over 500 years ago. How does anybody really know what happened? You know, you, it's it's like I can't even decipher what's going on when one kid comes to me crying and I say, what happened? And he tells me a story, and I go to the other kid, and I say, hey, what happened? He tells me a different story. And that's something that happened five minutes ago, and I can't make heads or tails of it because I got two different stories coming at me. So now what What are we trying to decipher? Uh, something that happened 500 years ago from different s- stories? Like, I don't understand how we're able to do that. And as a result, you don't believe anything. I, I, I don't, anymore, I don't know what to believe. Like, like... You know, people say they see Tupac running around in the in the Bahamas. <laughs> you know that Michael Jackson's not really dead. That was a clone. Uh, Kim Jong Un. We still don't know. Wait, Kim Jong Un or ill? Kim, Kim Jong Un. He's the one now. Uh, we're not sure if he's alive. You know, I I see articles posted online, like on Yahoo, like, hey, this he didn't have that mark on his arm before. Is this an imposter? As he died having that surgery, nobody knows anything anymore. And that's a big problem. That's a big problem. We're in a we're in an era of like too much information, which equates to zero information. When when there are articles on both sides, and you don't you can't tell who's right, who's wrong, then we essentially know nothing. When we know too much, we know nothing. It's a confusing way of saying that. I get it. I oh man, I didn't want to get back into that, but I think it's worth discussing because that's what's going on in our world. That's what's uh happening but yeah we're going to take the kids camping at least then we know we know what we're doing we know the thing and as long as we don't run any any rabid raccoons out there we should be okay uh we like to do the tent camping which is in my opinion more fun than the um camping in a camper like the camper yeah it's nicer you got a real toilet that you is your own you got you got more of a bed than just sleeping on the ground inside your tent and you feel like okay if if a critter comes along, you know, it can't get in and you got a lock on the door. There's a, there's an element of danger to being out there in a tent, but that's part of the fun, right? That's part of the fun is is waking up at 2 in the morning to footsteps outside. You think, well, that's probably a deer, but what the hell? <laughs> Who knows? It could be a bear. 
and I I don't have a gun out there, but I always uh always sleep with a knife. I bring my uh, hunting knife, which will do some damage. Okay, a bear might take me down, but he's losing an eye. You know, in in that scenario, I'm the raccoon, and he's got to decide if I'm worth an eyeball. Okay, <laughs> uh, so I bring. I bring that with me, and and we're careful enough. But last time we took the kids out camping, we could hear uh, we could hear um, coyotes all over the place. It was like in surround sound, and and they kind of have this like cry that they do, which is spooky. And so I, it ends up just like Sarah and I being awake at two in the morning, listening to it while the kids are sound asleep, and I'm just like, "Do you hear that?" And she's like, "Yeah, what is it?" But I'm not going out there. I gotta pee so bad. But I'm not going out there. And eventually, you think, okay, I can't hold this pee anymore because I can't get back to sleep. And so you walk outside, and it's so dark you can't see anything. Like your eyes are trying to adjust because you're just waking up. You can't see a damn thing. You're like blinking, trying to blink the uh, the sleep out of your eyes and looking at and just into the dark, and you're just peeing. And the whole time you're just like, "Please don't kill me when my penis is out. <laughs> Please don't murder me <laughs> with my dick in hand. I don't want to go out like that. Like at least let me finish peeing and pull up my pants, and then you can get me. Okay, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want people to discover my body." And uh, just a scared little man, just <laughs> half out, half in, still peeing. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I got to bring something next time. I got to bring a bottle or something to pee in, but that's pretty gross. It's pretty gross to have that in there. Or, you know, you think about bringing your phone out there as a flashlight, but then you just see it coming. Isn't that scarier? I don't know. Maybe maybe the the inability to see something is uh scarier but that's you know because that's what that's what made jaws so good is because that shark didn't really show up until you had heard his music and seen his carnage for like an hour without really seeing him and first first hour of that movie and that's what they said that's what spielberg said by the way spielberg was 26 when he made that movie so how do you feel about your life when you look at spielberg making one of the biggest movies of all time when he was 26 damn it feel like a turd on fire when I think about things like that. But you can't compare yourself to people. But uh, but the shark, the little uh, mechanical shark that they had, wasn't working underwater. They said the salt water just wreaked havoc on havoc, 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 wreaked havoc on uh, on that uh, mechanical shark. So they so they had to like purposefully shoot around it. They wanted to show it a lot early on, but they couldn't because it wasn't wasn't working when it was supposed to so they had to just like just do the music to show it and like that whole i heard that whole uh when they were shooting the arrows into it and and releasing the the barrels that uh the shark would then pull down but then when the barrel would pull back up and so they could tell where the shark was that whole concept that storyline was created because the shark wasn't working and that's one of the coolest parts of the movie where they're where they're pumping it full of arrows and and the barrels are coming off and and then took three barrels to buoy him back up like that whole thing was purely because they couldn't get the damn shark to work. So, that, I mean, they say uh, necessity is the mother of invention. I think I've said that on this podcast, uh, you know, regarding this whole coronavirus. There are opportunities that are coming out of this thing. And as long as we keep 
our eye on the prize and kind of see where those opportunities lie and where we can execute and and exploit new opportunities in uh, you know in the field of comedy. There's all these online opportunities now, and people are looking for their uh, looking for their entertainment elsewhere. And um, so I've been trying to keep this podcast going. Sorry, I missed last week. That, that's uh, that's my fault, but you know things happen, and uh, I try to keep it going out every week. And maybe you know at some point I can pump out a couple. I'll keep you guys posted about our summer adventures. If you have any ideas of places, you know, in the in the western part of the United States that we can get to by car without having to fly, you know, let me know if you think, oh, this is really a cool thing to take kids to and it's open right now. Um, let me know. Let me know. Like one of the cool things we saw, and I know I, I said it maybe a year ago because we went last summer, was Meow Wolf was like this uh, art installation in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I think they were going to try and put one in, in Vegas and maybe one somewhere else. Can't remember where they were also planning on going, but it was, this huge mansion that they had basically divided every single room into a different type of art installation. A lot of it is interactive. Like one of them was a kitchen with when you open the fridge, you can call, crawl through the fridge into a different part of the house. And it's just this cool thing. And the kids really liked it. So uh, when that opens back up, I'm sure, I mean, it was packed in there when we went, so I'm sure they're not going to be open for a while. But Meow Wolf in Albuquerque is one of those cool things. And we're looking for, like, dinosaur digs, things like that that we can do in South Dakota. So if anybody has any information or, like, hey, man, my cousin works at this place and you can go uh, you can go fishing over here, you know, let me know. Because uh, we want to do a lot of things like that. This is our opportunity when we're not tied down. Kids are a little older, but they're we're not tied down to a school right now because it's all online. So we're gonna take advantage of those opportunities. You know, we're gonna the glass is half full according to us. So we're gonna not uh, not sweat it, not stress about it. And if we need to pull the kid out and just homeschool him and and teach him, uh, you know, his ABCs and one two threes a different way, then we will. You know, first grade, I feel like we could still get a pretty good handle on what he needs to figure out. You know, the older he gets, the harder it's going to be. I mean, I don't remember science. I don't remember uh, don't remember chemistry. So uh, it's better to homeschool now than later. And we're going to take advantage of what we can. We've got that opportunity. So um, we're going to do that. And I'm going to keep trying to find ways to keep everyone entertained and at the same time, hopefully make some money. So... <laughs> If uh, if you know where I can pan for gold, let me know. Other than that, please, please stay safe out there. And I'll let you know uh, as soon as I get some dates on the calendar for next year, I'll try and, and let everyone know because I want to get all over the place. I'll have a bunch of backlogged material that I need to need to get out there and and get working on i've got a um an album that was basically ready to be recorded when this whole thing went down so you know dust that off and make it relevant too. you know make it up to the times because that's that's something that this whole coronavirus has put a kind of a haze over over any material that i had before now you feel like now there's this different slant that you gotta address it with that happens with us with movies if you're watching uh if you watch movies now, like and a character sneezes or coughs or like gets in another person's face, aren't aren't you always going, Whoa, whoa, corona, watch out. Don't don't do that. Social distance people. Like <laughs> I it's almost ruined it's almost ruined movies for me. Like sometimes 
you watch a movie from like the 90s where they didn't have cell phones you're like why don't you just pull out your cell phone and just call for help like i don't see what the big deal is and they're like oh yeah because they didn't have phones and and now i'm watching it with this uh with this fog of like watch out guys don't get it like you know top gun and uh maverick hits an ice man's face you're like i wouldn't be that close to him man it's it's just not worth it, okay? You know, coronavirus is taking down the healthy just as well as it's taking down the sick and the weak. So back up. Um, <laughs> so I gotta I gotta kind of re realign all my comedy material to to make sense in this new world we're living, and hopefully things will go back to some semblance of normal in 2021 when that vaccine comes out. But uh, there's still going to be this, you know, this other huge thing, this elephant in the room that so many comics will have jokes about it. And I don't necessarily want to have a lot of jokes about the coronavirus. But and as I'm doing that, I'm like waving my arm off to the left to show you that this thing is on the side of uh, of, of current events. Just you got to look at it through that uh, through that lens the corona lens um i don't want to have a lot of jokes about it but i also don't want to feel uh, irrelevant when i'm you know joking about my kids going to the bathroom you know there there are other things out there too to to realize but um yeah we i i can tell we got to get out of here so i'm going to get this bad boy up and i hope everyone has a great weekend stay safe stay alive and doom doom bip doom doom bip